the figurehead. But look at what I've inherited and what I've done. Larry Fink, boss of BlackRock. Well, behaviors are going to have to change, and this is one thing we're, going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors, and at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Powell. We think that there are four characteristics of, if we were to pursue a CBDC, it would at a minimum have the following four characteristics. First is intermediated. Second is private, privacy protected. But third is identity verified. So it would not be anonymous. It would not be an anonymous bearer instrument. And fourth is transferable or interoperable. So, so we're, we would be looking to balance privacy protection with identity verification, which, is, which has to be done, of course, in today's traditional banking system. From the chairman of the Federal Reserve to a British MP. We're now looking at digital IDs. We're looking at a social credit system being trialed to get people to deal with obesity. A central bank digital currencies will enable the state to enormously intervene in our lives. And, you know, reasonably, you can sit back and say, wow, what is going on with the change in the relationship between the individual and the state? And uh, I can see why some people are quite frightened. Even then, even with all of that, the woman on talk radio, the host there, felt felt pushed, felt driven to say, and you and I are not conspiracy theorists. Yeah, back to the figurehead. But look at what I've inherited and what I've done. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile. Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. In the book of Esther, it makes mention of a phrase, times such as these. It's a very minor portion of the book of Esther. But it reminds us that even then, there were times such as these. And another way to say it, man, against my will, I'm still a creature of pop culture. Even as I don't even engage in it anymore, I still am. I still, it's like that uh, Star, see, it's like that Star Trek episode, uh, the James Kirk episode where he was trapped on that planet with a creature who could only speak through metaphors. You remember that? Or examples from the past? Yeah, so in the book of Esther, it says times such as these. In the movie Taken, it says you will be taken. They're going to take you. And as I'm looking today at financial news, and we'll talk with Zach Abraham about this this week, I'm looking once again at pattern recognition. And I'm looking at the phrase central bank digital currency, CBDC, And we talk about this from time to time, but I'm noticing something new. And it is an Overton window thing. That they're now beginning to talk about, well, if we did this. This is what these coins, fake coins, digital currency would contain. If we did it. If we move in that direction. 
And they're readying to move in that direction. They've determined they want to move in that direction. They've determined they're going to move in that direction. They are going to move in that direction. We are going to be taken. There are efforts around the country. There is an effort in North Idaho to have spend cash day to get retailers to accept cash. There's already a cash discount. You know, it's not explained that way, but even if you are using like an American Express card that, 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 you know, only charges interest if you default, you know, if you pay your card off every month, well, I guess that's true with every uh, credit card for that matter. If you pay your card off every month, you don't pay interest, so you pay a service fee. You you pay for the privilege of not having to carry cash. So there's already this discount. There are stores, some places that give discounts. Uh, There's stores in North Idaho that don't take any credit cards. They'll take a debit card, but they won't take a credit card. And yet, if we're looking pattern recognition style at this, they already know what they want to do. And I really do think it's best explained with the figurehead. And the RNC better be ready to make a bunch of ads with this. Look at what I've inherited and what I've done. Right. So let's look at what he's inherited and what he's done by way of looking at what his predecessor, God willing, will inherit and what that predecessor will have to undo. And then let's talk in best we can about what we're going to do when we're taken. When the digital currency is forced down upon us. And are the things we can do to monkey wrench that now, or as Kyle Laysan, the very dangerous but great community organizer on the left, would call culture jamming. I guess I should point out that's his phrase and trademark, because God knows he'd sue me. So I am treading into uh, Zach Abraham's territory a little bit here. And I'll be honest, I feel a little, little bit naked uh, without the chief investment officer, Bulwark Capital Management, at my side for this discussion because he knows this stuff so much better than I do. Uh, here's what I do know is if they move to a central bank digital currency, that is not going to do away with investment methodologies, right? It'll probably change them. But as I've said many, many times, for instance, they are not, they yet, haven't yet figured out how to build more land. Well, that's not even true. Actually, China is building new land, building fake islands. They haven't figured out how to clone our planet, you know, to build more land in advance. So that's one of the things you can invest in, land. You know that there are portfolios, and I've checked this out with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer, Board Capital Management. They, they put land into portfolios. They have portfolios that contain investments in rental properties and condos. And when I talk about Board Capital Management, I talk about risk management. Those are the sort of things I mean. Yes, they do. Yeah, they, they've got Bitcoin in some portfolios. And, and, but for them, it's all about hedging. For them, they look at our financial system as kind of a, an infrastructure. Well, what if this part falls down? What will we hold it up with? And if it gets really cold over here, where will we be hot? Where will we have heat? And they view the world that way in a very complex setting. Where Zach, whom you're familiar with on the show, because he's here every week, he's the chief investment officer. His wife is the chief operations officer, chief of ops. Smart, smart, gifted lady, I would say, too, by the way, or ad. Now, you have a chance to take their temperature in a pretty unique way. You know, a lot of major fund managers wouldn't do this, but Zach is doing it. It's a free live webinar. 
It's coming up Thursday, so that's a, what's we're dropping the show on Tuesday for two days. So two days from now, three p.m. That's uh, October twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. I have to say that because it's podcasting; it lives forever. So Zach is holding a free live webinar, and he's going to do something very, very important. And I'm going to ask you the question: Is your portfolio, your wealth, or your your building of wealth, or your savings accounts, depending on your stage of life, is it safe? In the chaos economy? Is it set up to be successful in the chaos economy? That's one of the things Zach is going to talk about in this free live webinar. He'll go into very vivid and transparent detail about what does their risk management strategy mean at Bulwark Capital Management? How do they make it happen? When are people ready to retire? What should they expect to, given your age? And then he always leaves rooms for questions because he likes talking with people. At heart, he's a teacher, Zach is. Now, this is a free live webinar, but you have to register and space will run out. It always does. So just go to knowyourriskradio.com, K-N-O-W, knowyourriskradio.com. This is the final free live webinar of the year, your final chance to see Zach in person and perhaps ask him a question in person or to see how he responds to people who aren't me. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot begin without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative. Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. Look at what I've inherited and what I've done. Okay, so let's do look at what he inherited. He inherited a country that was on its way to being energy independent. And what do we have? We have a company, our country that is not just energy dependent. But it's energy dependent upon the countries run by governments who mean us ill. He inherited a country that had been decimated by a politically motivated, deadly, medically useless, partial lockdown of the economy. He inherited to bring he inherited the power to bring the economy back bit by bit as his handlers see fit. President Trump got rolled. And it saddens me to say that because they used his care for this country. That man leapt into action with COVID. He was the most impressive in holding his daily briefings, and he was great until he, re- he, he didn't realize how evil Fauci is. Pure evil. And Biden inherited a country that had invented for itself the ability to describe which jobs are essential and which are not. Now, to the credit to the President Trump, I don't think I ever heard him say a non-essential job because I think he knows far too much about the economy to consider any job non-essential. He understands very well how essential, uh, let's say, people who clean toilets at Mar-a-Lago are. Right? When they're at that station in life, that position, they're starting out in their career, they're restarting a career, they're new to the country, etc. He gets that. Biden inherited the power to say essential and non-essential human being from Tony Fauci. When Biden was installed in the Oval Office, he inherited an economy completely under the control of the government. Look what he's done. Has he freed that up? He inherited a country 
where half the country had been beaten to a pulp economically. 40% of the small businesses had been shut down. And he is being credited with bringing that all back. He's inherited a new paradigm to use a very cliched phrase I don't like to use that is calling now for even more government control of every aspect of life. But he's also inherited a new conversation. And the conversation is very much about what they're pretending to be considering doing. And this is a British MP. This is the full piece. He is on talk radio. I would love to get on that over there. That's such a fun format they do over there. Uh, Across the pond, to use another cliche. And he's talking about what's coming there. He's, He's a member of parliament. And I'll just play the discussion, but I'm endlessly amused by the host's desire to add, oh, by the way, we're not conspiracy theorists, you know. I mean, we're now looking at digital IDs. We're looking at a social credit system being trialed to get people to deal with obesity. Uh, central bank digital currencies will enable the state to enormously intervene in our lives. And, you know, reasonably, you can sit back and say, wow, what is going on with the change in the relationship between the individual and the state? And uh, I can see why some people are quite frightened. I have to say, I mean, neither you nor I are conspiracy theorists at all. Um, uh, but I have to say that the, the government is giving an awful lot of, uh, of ammunition to conspiracy theorists, you were saying. What, what would be the conspiracy? Uh, at this point, what what is what part of this is not out in the open? Pattern recognition. This is brilliant. It's a new way of doing this. It's utterly brilliant. The World Economic Forum started talking several years ago about the need to do lockdowns for the climate about the need to limit people's driving and how people eat. They began talking about a long, dark winter uh, a long time ago. Two or three years ago, they started to say, we're going to have a long, dark winter. And they were speaking there about constriction of food supply and difficulty getting um, energy and heating homes, specifically heating homes. My wife, is she, she reads a lot of what the World Economic Forum says. And she, she was asking me, well, how much firewood do we have? Like, well, 400 acres worth. I mean, I guess if we want to go down and cut down all the trees. And she began to invest in some things to heat the house, you know, in case this were to occur here. Well, it's going to occur in Europe. And Zach Abraham shared with us several weeks ago that he thinks that this, in fact may lead uh, to actual direct deaths because of the energy. It's not a shortage. Let's not call it a shortage. Let's call it what it is, which is planned chaos. My point here is that the World Economic Forum said that people are going to face this. We're facing it. The Event 201 said... We would face a surprise virus from China. And that President Trump was going to have to react to that. Tony Fauci said President Trump is going to have to respond to an emergency virus from Asia. 
And Bill Gates said this is going to be the decade of the, quote, vaccines. They are now saying in advance very openly what they intend to do. And this is a brilliant strategy. Because on one hand, it allows them to say, oh, well, yeah, we, what's, no conspiracy here. You know, we said we we're going to do that. I, I don't know why this is being treated as a conspiracy. We had an open meeting where we said, yeah, we, we intend to do that. We want to see people drive less. So I don't know how people can say we're committing a conspiracy when we speak in the open about this. And on the other hand, they can say, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. How can you do both? Depending on the channel you're on, you can say, if you're on a Mockingbird media channel, you can say, oh, yeah, that's, that's a conspiracy theory. If you're in public, you're around a bunch of people, they've got images of you saying it, you can say, yeah, we said it. There's, there, there's no secret that we said this. So it's a brilliant new technique. And they're speaking now about finance in very, very open ways. And they admit some things. We need to accept that there will be some pain in the process. Uh, the pace that we need will, uh, will open up for missteps. Hmm. Uh, it will open up for uh, shortages on energy. It will create inflationary pressures. And maybe we need to start talking about that, that that pain is actually worth it because if we don't uh, there's no business yeah, case okay. there's no economy there's there's no welfare but but so far i think we are have been a little bit careful actually talking about the pain in the short term that is likely to come from from the from this the very important yeah. change yeah. Okay. We need to everybody hear it that's by the way we played that months ago i i think it was at the beginning of the year no, we've been doing the podcast since November, so it would have been probably, yeah, December, December, January. And that's a World Economic Forum function. We need to admit there's going to be pain in the process that's going to lead to energy shortages. And we have energy shortages. They said in advance, there's going to be a long, dark winter. There's a long, dark winter that people in Europe are facing. And well, that's that's just the uh, that's just the World Economic Forum. It's not a policy body. The United Nations. I think first, just like Alan said, first recognize it's a crisis, and you know, just how we found is it fourteen or seventeen trillion for COVID. The money must be there somewhere. The money must be there somewhere. She's talking about enforcing carbon fees. She's talking about building a system that extracts money from people for the use of carbon. The money must be there somewhere. Are we watching the pattern together? The money must be there somewhere. Now, the fact is, if they do install a digital currency, a central bank digital currency, the money will be there. Because the choices they're going to install will mean that they can grab the money whenever they want to get the money. And the way they can get the money is there's a carrot or a stick method for getting the money. 
And when they install the digital bank currency, people are going to be offered the carrot first. And this is coming. MasterCard has their design up. They're already talking about how they intend to do this. And it's a dream get for MasterCard. Because right now, you use MasterCard to borrow money. Or if you pay it off every month, to spend it and pay a fee for convenience. But MasterCard is going to maybe get into the business of taking money from you. So they make money when you spend. They make money on interest. And they're going to be taking a percentage of what they take away from you. You see, the UN climate czar. I think first, just like Alan said, first recognize it's a crisis. And, you know, just how we found, is it 14 or 17 trillion for COVID? The money must be there somewhere. It must be. To the person who is about to grab their car keys and go to the ATM and take out $3,000, you say what? You don't need to. Your ATM is safe. Your banks are safe. There's enough cash in the financial system. And there is an infinite amount of cash at the Federal Reserve. We will do whatever we need to do to make sure that there's enough cash in the banking system. All right. Infinite amount of cash. Well, when they can take it at will, it all of a sudden becomes very, very real. This is the circumstance we're facing, times such as these. The world Joe Biden inherited as figurehead and the world he will leave us as figurehead. Oh, yeah, MasterCard does have their plan, by the way. We'll talk about that. I always find it to be uh, a great soul refresher (laughs) to go from talking about people like this and plans like that into a company that is based in the light. God said through, uh, he said it was the apostle, uh, gosh, apostle John, oh, I'm going to get this wrong. People are going to be so mad at me. I'm so sorry. Yeah, John, right? God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. Isn't that John? And I'm not saying that there's not darkness uh, at Allen Soaps. I'm sure there's bad days. <laughs> I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are dark moments. You're running a business. There's going to be dark moments, but it's founded fully in the light. And it's founded to prove that young people like Alan, who is now uh, 12 years old, and as I was, I, my tongue just about slipped. I just about said suffers from being on the autism spectrum. But in fact, he, I mean, I'm sure he suffers. Um, but he he doesn't he doesn't display that well to me or in his work. He's the chief soap officer of Allen Soaps. You can see the products at allensoaps.com slash Todd. And if you go to slash Todd, it's important because you get 10% off everything there when you use my name at checkout. Just use TODD. And the company is also proving something. See, they're getting into retail stores. They had an offer from Amazon to license the name Allen Soaps. But John, who runs the company with his son, Allen, said, well, wait, what about our soap? Oh, no, no, we just want the name and the story. What? No, we like our all-natural soaps. We like the three generations of family expertise behind the soap-making process. We like the unique fragrances. And what Amazon says, oh, yeah, we can do that all with machines. You know, we can just, we'll take that, the, the goo that makes the soap and we'll make, no, 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 no. This is all made in small batches. And Amazon said, you can make a lot more money like, and give money, you know, just give money to your kids and to the young people. No. No, the company's founded in the light. And the light is that people are meant to work. That's part of the curse. 
That's part of the curse. We have to work. But there's also dignity in this. And that's what young Alan gets out of this. And what you get out of this is a soap that, yeah, cleanses the body, very unique fragrances. But every time you use it, you remember that you are putting your money with a company who walks in the light to say that all lives do matter. Alan's included. It's alansoaps.com slash Todd. alansoaps.com slash Todd. Use my name, get 10% off everything there at the site. alansoaps.com slash Todd. So Biden, look at what I've inherited and what I've done. Right. Let's look at Republican leadership in Congress has made it clear they will crash the economy next year by threatening the full faith and credit of the United States for the first time in our history, putting the United States in default unless unless we yield to their demand to cut Social Security. Okay, so it's the same lie that they tell every single election season. And yet the cameras click away in the background put the nation into default. Joe Biden inherited a country that spent too much money. Joe Biden has quadrupled it. Joe Biden has drained our strategic petroleum reserves, and now to purchase it back, it will cost this country three to four times what it would have had we done this when President Trump said, now would be a good time to fill up our oil. Since we are now a net exporter, Biden inherited that position. He's passing on to his predecessor, to his to the person who takes over. The opposite, three to four times the cost, and there is going to be an element of force. We are going to be taken. A reminder: they cannot take God's abundance. Reminder that unless people have given in to the, to the frankenseeds from Monsanto, they can't take away the fields. They can't take away all the fruit trees. They can't take away the wilderness and the animals in it. They can try to take away access. They can try to take away access to fishing. But when this comes, and there are people who do not give in to the central bank digital currency, and there are people who plan ahead, The strongest possible thing we can do is say, what would it do biblically? What would we do biblically when an out-of-control, voracious, hungry, awful, tyrannical government says, we're going to tie your ability to participate in the economy to you doing our bidding? That's what ESG means. The climate lady from the UN talking about installing an ESG system. Biblically, what would we be taught? Well, to trust in God and to behave biblically. Make plans to care for the least of these. As we're storing long-term food storage in, in, in those of us who have any land, planting, let's make sure that we plant plenty for others. I would suggest this. If you live in a rural area that you get with other people and say, hey, listen, I don't get a lot of sunlight on the property where I'm growing, so there's some things I can grow that do really, really well. You may have people say, hey, you know what? We get too much sunlight. We were thinking about installing some trees or some shade, but listen, why don't we take the stuff that responds really well to sun? You guys take the stuff that responds less so, that grows throughout the year. You know, But hey, but we do have a hillside, 
So that might be a great place for us to plant fruit trees. And those are, you know, we could transplant some of those that we work together, that we work to, to care for the least of these, that we work as a community. See, they can't take away that. They can't take our hands. Oh, those are God's. They can't take our eyes. They can't take our skill base. What we need to do right now, in my judgment, is prepare for the fact that they're going to come in with a, a, a central bank digital currency that is going to be tied to behaviors, behaviors that we can't do. So we should be taking now an inventory of the assets that God has given us to steward. There's far more than we think. You know, in the separate country of Seattle, it's illegal to store rainwater. Until a few years ago, it was illegal to do it in Maryland. That's nuts. Store all the rainwater we want. That is a God-provided asset. The government has no right to say you can't store water that falls from the sky. Wildly, wildly unconstitutional craziness. But there's always an element of force. This is Larry Fink of BlackRock. Well, behaviors are going to have to change, and this is one thing we're going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors, and at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Yes, they are. MasterCard has outlined its digital ID push, where payments meet digital ID. This from reclaimthenet.org. At the Authenticate 2022 event, MasterCard Senior Vice President of Digital Identity, Sarah Clark, detailed the company's digital ID plans. Clark described MasterCard's plans for a digital ID network at a presentation on use of FIDO in a reusable digital identity network. The network is aimed at individuals who already have a government-issued ID. MasterCard plans to create a network through which digital ID can be reused online for in-person transactions through calls and other channels. If it can be used through calls and in-person interaction and other channels, it can be used anywhere. In airports and in your home to know who's in your home. When you start to study the tech, you start to understand the direction. Everybody who works in an environment like this, like the MasterCard's SVP of Digital Identity, Sarah Clark, she is absolutely, absolutely, without a doubt, keyed into happenings at Langley, Virginia, where the CIA is at. Absolutely, she has to be. She would be negligent in her job to not be. She has to know what they want. The company claims the network is fully operational in two markets and active in seven markets around the globe. MasterCard has launched a digital identity in Brazil and helped the Australian government develop the TDIF, a framework for the development of digital identity services. What do we know about those two countries? Well, in the case of Australia, they became a prison planet, a prison island. What do we know about them? Tying behaviors to finances. Remember this? When people were breaking COVID statutes, they were seizing bank accounts. They were seizing, they they made attempts to seize people's homes. And you tie this to this ID. Now, they start to talk about these things in advance. A digital ID and a credit card and a central bank digital currency 
And let's remember how Chairman Powell described this. We think that there are four characteristics of if we were to pursue a CBDC, it would at a minimum have the following four characteristics. First is intermediated. Second is private privacy protected. But third is identity verified. So it would not be anonymous. It would not be an anonymous bearer instrument. And fourth is transferable or interoperable. So, so we're, we would be looking to balance privacy protection with identity verification, which, is, which has to be done, of course, in today's traditional banking system. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. That's the point. No, it doesn't. And this is why they hate cash. Because of the anonymity, uh, anonymity. We know that. So let's go back to MasterCard. Let's go back to the pressure points. Let's go back to the UN saying there's infinite cash. Or pardon me, the Federal Reserve saying there's infinite cash. Let's go back to the ESG. Well, there's got to be money to install it. We had all this money for COVID. There's got to be money to be able to install this around the globe. Like, what was the money she said we spent on COVID? About that. I think first, just like Alan said, first recognize it's a crisis. And, you know, just to how we found, is it 14 or 17 trillion for COVID? The money must be there somewhere. Okay. 14 or 17 trillion for COVID. The money must be there somewhere unless they don't need it. What do I mean? One of the things these people are absolutely brilliant at doing, among the many things, is conning people into building the prisons in which they live. It's a brilliant, brilliant move. Dig your own grave, as it were. So the money is there somewhere. They may not even need to build it. They may may simply need to say, don't make us build this. Don't you make us build this. That's one of the purposes that the debt serves. By the way, there are AGs who are fighting back against some of this. Truly, there are. There's 19 of them. Hey, the soda weight loss protocol. I talk about the protocol a lot. What what does it mean? Well, it's going to depend a lot on you. Okay, when I took off 150 pounds of unwanted fat, this didn't make any sense to me. And it's in the soda weight loss protocol. Eating more fat. What? Wait, I want to take fat off my body. You're telling me I need to eat more fat? Yes. Well, how does that work? The trick that happened with the food pyramid is it made the world upside down nutritionally. The base being breads and, and, and pastas, etc. Like I was chatting with some really nice women the other day. They were enjoying some great looking sandwiches. And they were evangelizing the place where they got the sandwiches. And they were saying to me, oh, they're super healthy. And I said, oh, do they have cauliflower bread? She goes, oh, I don't think so. I said, like, anything gluten-free, cauliflower? She goes, oh, do you have gluten intolerance? No, no, no. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nutritional thing for me. Like, if they have cauliflower bread, I'll go there right now. And she said, oh, eat it in a lettuce wrap. But this is so healthy. And she had a great big, uh, you know, thing of bread. And maybe for her body, that is healthy. For mine, it wasn't. And the food pyramid took all those foods and applied it. It gave it in such excess that this is what our body said. Our body said, wow. Oh, my gosh. We hit the jackpot. We've landed somewhere where there's this, this stuff that's never going to come again. 
Never in our design did we ever think that we would get this much carbohydrate in this small a pack and eat it this quickly. Oh my gosh, store this. This can't last. This is magic. And that's what they did. And our bodies didn't adapt. Our bodies kept storing it. Oh my gosh, it's and day after day, like you eat, you know, six six sandwiches a day. Your body's still going, man. We're we're still in the we're still in the gold rush. Store this as fat. That's what your body does. And that's what it's done. And that extra fat around your middle or wherever you store your fat, mine tends to go around my middle. Well, that was 150 pounds ago for me. The fat, the eating the extra fat, it says to your body, man, we got a lot of fat. We got to start burning some of this fat. I have too much fat. Got to burn it. That's what happens. Now, does it mean there's no carbohydrates? It doesn't mean that. And again, this is going to depend on you and who you are and how much you work out if you work out at all. It's not about working out. So I can give you the outlines of this. A lot of protein. You're going to eat more food than you think you're going to eat. This is one of the things I hear from people on the Soda Weight Loss Protocol is, my gosh, I didn't realize how much I was going to have to eat. Right. A lot of that's going to be plants. Right? Which is, by the way, supposed to be the base of what we eat. If we doubt that, just think about if we were living in the wild. Easiest thing for eat would be a, to eat would be a bunch of leaves. Yeah, and then there's the cooking classes for delicious foods. And if you don't think foods with a bunch of fat in them can be delicious, hey, let me introduce you to the modern restaurant menu. It's delicious. Convenience foods are, are terribly important. If you're hungry trying to lose weight, good luck. This just doesn't work that way. It's sodaweightloss.com, S-O-T-A weightloss.com. It stands for state-of-the-art because they are state-of-the-art and whatever protocol you end up using it will be dependent upon who you are we need to accept that there will be some pain in the process uh the pace that we need will uh will open up for missteps but look uh, at what will. i've inherited and what i've done and what you're gonna do so the lady uh, from the UN, the climate czar, talking about building the ESG system, says the money must be there somewhere. It is. It's in people's bank accounts. What would be the ESG system? Oh, tracking all the carbon? They don't care. They have everything they need to track the carbon. It's called a receipt. Oh, I, I, I know, I know. I know that, that grass-fed beef is carbon positive. I know. Zach Abraham taught me that. In fact, a Joe Rogan guest taught us that as well. Free-range cattle are a carbon benefit to the world. Truly. They benefit the world because it's better than carbon neutral. Free-range cattle, not 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 mechanic, you know, not mechanically grown cattle, not not huge farm agri farm business, but free-range, like God intended. It doesn't whack out the system like God intended. They don't care about the actual carbon counts because, of course, there's no they, they don't put in there any subtraction mechanism. For instance, if I took an airplane flight and it showed up on my credit card, let's say it was a long flight. Let's say I decided to fly to, to D.C. No, gosh, for God forbid. 
I decided to fly to Florida. Let's say I got an audience with Ron DeSantis. So I decided to fly down to Florida. And they could calculate that, oh, yeah, wow, your carbon was huge this month. Was it? Because I live in a place where my drinking water doesn't have to be transferred by truck. It is gravity-fed and shows up at my house. I live in a place where we source a bunch of our food from our backyard. Uh, I have a better respiratory system than you do because I'm fiendish for working out, so I'm actually a far more efficient breather than you are. Oh, well, we don't take any of that into account. You just made this flight, so we're going to have to charge you. Okay, this is what I mean. The money must be there somewhere. What exactly would be the infrastructure? The only thing stopping them from doing this now is psychology. What would be the infrastructure? What would they need? I mean, not that they need. They just take money anyway. But what would be the infrastructure needed for an ESG system? Oh, well, we'd have to be able to stop people from buying things we don't want them to buy. Okay, you can already do that. It's called receipts and pricing. This is a psychological battle. That's why they're pressing so hard on everything is a crisis. Everything is a crisis. That's one of the reasons why they're trying to confuse people about basic economics. I want to hear it from MAGA Republicans, officials who had hundreds of thousands of dollars of debts, even millions of dollars in pandemic relief loans forgiven, who now are attacking attacking me for helping working class and middle class Americans. He's talking about these so-called college loans where you don't need to prove you ever went to college or ever had a loan. And the confusion works. Wait, you shut down these people's businesses and now, and, and then said you can have these loans since we shut down your businesses and made you purchase all this ridiculous masking garbage that didn't do anything and plexiglass. And you made them do that versus people took out a loan. That's why they're conning people about the economy. That's why the debt's getting racked up. You manufacture a crisis, then you come upon the solution. We manufactured, oh my gosh, this flu is killing everybody. The solution is locked down. Oh my gosh, the, the climate's changing. The solution is locked down. Well, they're not going to lock, but that's, that, that didn't work. Lock up the prices. Thomas Massey, Representative Massey on Twitter, commenting on Peter Schiff's statement about the debt. Peter Schiff writes, the 10-year Treasury yield hit hit 4.33%, its highest since November 2007, when the national debt was under $9 trillion. Today, it's over $31 trillion. At 4.33% annual interest in the national debt would exceed um, $1.35 trillion more than is spent on national defense or Social Security. We're at that point. Let me say that again. We're at a point where our interest payments are going to be more than we spend on national defense or Social Security. The Republican leadership in Congress has made it clear they will crash the economy next year by threatening the full faith and credit of the United States for the first time in our history, putting the United States in default unless unless we yield to their demand to cut Social Security and Medicare. It's the spending that's moved this to default. 
What does ESG do ultimately? Takes money away from you. Puts it back where? To government. You took an airplane flight. That's carbon. We need to tax that. (laughs) Visa takes it out of your bank account. Now, who can pay for that? Anybody who purchases a plane ticket and has to will pay for that. But it's my mom's funeral. Huh, is it? Did you love her? Hey, you ate a bunch of meat last month. (laughs) But it's free-range cattle. It's net positive to the environment. (laughs) Is it? It creates so many benefits for them. The biggest one being, it's not a tax. The biggest one being, oh, it's not government. Companies are doing this. It's the free market being the free market. I mean, Larry Fink... He doesn't work for government. Well, behaviors are going to have to change, and this is one thing we're going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors, and at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Just free market. Who does the default of our national economy hurt? Well, us, and God is with us. God's people already won. God will walk through the storm with us. He already is. Who does it hurt if things absolutely implode? Well, if the money's all gone, truly gone, what does Larry Fink have? What does Tom Steyer have? You know, this is easy to say, but hard to live through. I would like to think if, if God forbid, I went bankrupt, I would, I would be secure in the fact that I still have Jesus Christ. I would hope that I'd still have the love of my friends, and I believe I would. But I know I'd have Jesus. I know I'd have God. Does it make it fun? What would Larry Fink have? You know, as you look at pattern recognition, let's remember the big difference between those people who are constructing this reality versus us. Those of us with the humility to understand we can't do anything apart from the Father, even the Lord Jesus said, I can do nothing apart from the Father. Those of us who have either, in my case, God had to let me get kicked and let me, you know, drop drop down, get beat up before God finally said, hey, my son, do you, you hear me now? You feel me? Are you ready to admit you can't do this without me now? Let's remember the difference between people like us and people like Larry Fink. He could lose everything that makes him anything. Jerome Powell could lose everything that makes him anything. 
I mean, they have built their treasures right here on earth. Before we wrap up with pattern recognition, there are 19 state AGs who are investigating what the big banks want to do to rob farmers and frackers of credit. This is from The Federalist. According to a release from uh, Missouri uh, Attorney General Eric Schmidt, who has launched an investigation into six major banks for the so-called ESG push, according to the press release from Schmidt's office, the, the Missouri Attorney General and 18 others have served Bank of America, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley, and Wells Fargo with civil investigative demands, which act as a subpoena asking for documents relating to the company's involvement with the United Nations Net Zero Banking Alliance. But look at what I've inherited and what I've done. Look at what you've done. You've let us see. Look at what you've done. Your desperation, your willingness to do anything to remain in the figurehead position has opened this up to be able to see things. They're investigating this lady. I think first, just like Alan said, first recognize it's a crisis. And, you know, just the, how we found is it 14 or 17 trillion for COVID. The money must be there somewhere. They're investigating this well, guy. Behaviors are going to have to change. And this is one thing we're, going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors. And at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. They're investigating the UN alliance. It's 18 attorneys general. God has allowed us to see. He's revealing this. People are acting upon it. We can see the patterns. We win. We've already won. Not so with BlackRock. Not so with Powell. They're at greater risk than we are because they can lose everything they have, which is money. We can't lose. And that doesn't mean that we aren't vigilant. That doesn't mean that we do not remember to do pattern recognition. They have a new technique, saying it before they do it. COVID is critical because this is what convinces people to accept, to legitimize total biometric surveillance. If we want to stop this epidemic, we need not just to monitor people, we need to monitor what's happening under their skin. What we have seen so far, it's corporations and governments collecting data about where we go, who we meet, what movies we watch. The next phase is the surveillance going under our skin. We're now seeing mass surveillance systems established even in democratic countries, which previously rejected them. And we also see a change in the nature of surveillance. Previously, surveillance was mainly above the skin, now it's going under the skin. Later this week, we'll talk about some of the edge theories, really edge theories about what's in the COVID injections. Inspired by what the World Economic Forum said this was about. Because their drive to control us never ends. <laughs> and their victory will never come. Will never come. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind. And let's remember, the more we trust in God, the more we lean into him and stand on his word, the more we experience his bounty, the more we rely on what God supplies, the less control these people have over us, if any at all. <laughs> 